Are you longing for love and acceptance? We are All Souls Universalist Church, a network of home-based worshiping communities proclaiming Jesus' gospel of universal love and reconciliation for all souls. You are a beloved child of God. No matter who you are, what you look like, who you love, what you believe, where you are from, or how you identify or express yourself. Join us as we journey together, following the light of Christ. Feel free to follow along using the service book that can be downloaded at the link in the description. Living God, as the sun rises to greet the morning, May our hearts rise to greet one another and join our voices in our common praise and worship to you, that in unity and love we may be faithful witnesses of your love and compassion to the whole world. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey there, Deacon Joseph here. In today's episode, I'm going to take you through what I call the Believer's Manifesto and how the communal life of the apostles and new converts ties into what I call the divine law of love and hospitality. If you would like to take part in today's liturgy, please click the link in the description and download the service material. So, if you are ready, let's dive into God's Word. Praise be our heavenly parent, the Abba of our Savior Jesus Christ, who with great mercy gave us new birth, a birth into hope, which draws its life from the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Our Savior is risen indeed. Alleluia. Come, O light of the world, and fill this place and your people with your spirit of love and compassion. Drive away all of the darkness of fear and doubt in our lives and replace it with courage and faith. May we become a reflection of your compassion and love in all that we do. In your name we pray. Amen. Open our lips, O God, and our mouths will declare your praise. To the ruler of ages, the immortal, the invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Christ our Passover has been sacrificed, so let us celebrate the feast. Not with the old yeast, the yeast of corruption and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Alleluia. Christ, having been raised from the dead, will never die again. Death is now powerless over our Savior. When Christ died, Christ died to sin, once for all, so that the life Christ lives is now life in God. In this way, you too must consider yourselves to be dead to sin, 
but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Alleluia. But as it is, Christ has in fact been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through one human being, in the same way the resurrection of the dead has come through one human being. Just as in the first human all die, so in Christ all will come to life again. Alleluia. Glory to God, Creator, only begotten, and Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Let us profess our common faith in our God. We believe in one God of love, light, and life, creator of all things, whose only begotten, Christ Jesus, has liberated all people from sin and death, making us all one family of equal members, commanded to love and serve one another. This God demands justice from all people, but shows mercy in equal measure, restoring all souls to God after sanctification in this life or the next. This God is revealed to the whole world by the Holy Spirit and is bound to us and to all creation by the mysteries of faith. To this one God, Creator, Only Begotten, and Holy Spirit, be glory and honor forever and ever. Amen. We will say Psalm 23 by alternating whole verse. Yahweh, you are my shepherd. I want nothing more. You let me lie down in green meadows. You lead me beside restful waters. You refresh my soul. You guide me to lush pastures for the sake of your name. Even if I'm surrounded by shadows of death, I fear no danger, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they give me courage. You spread a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Only goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in your house, Yahweh. For days without end. A lesson from the book of Acts. They devoted themselves to the apostles' instruction in the communal life, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. A reverent fear overtook them all, for many wonders and signs were being performed by the apostles. Those who believed lived together shared all things in common. They would sell the property and goods, sharing the proceeds with one another as each had need. They met in the temple and they broke bread together in their homes every day. With joyful and sincere hearts, they took their meals in common, praising God and winning the approval of all the people. Day by day, God added to their number those who were being saved.
here ends the lesson. Lord, please release me in peace For my eyes have seen your love This of you have made for all This love's a light of revelation A lesson from the Gospel according to John. The truth of the matter is, whoever doesn't enter the sheepfold through the gate but climbs in some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep, the one for whom the keeper opens the gate. The sheep know the shepherd's voice. The shepherd calls them by name and leads them out. Having led them all out of the fold, the shepherd walks in front of them, and they follow because they recognize the shepherd's voice. They simply won't follow strangers. They'll flee from them because they don't recognize the voice of strangers. Even though Jesus used this metaphor with them, 
they didn't grasp what he was trying to tell them. He therefore said to them again, The truth of the matter is, I am the sheep gate. All who came before me were thieves and marauders whom the sheep didn't heed. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be safe. You'll go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and slaughter and destroy. I came that you might have life and have it to the full. Here ends the lesson. Listen to the Most High, children of God. Happy are they when they keep God's ways. Our God be with you. Our God bless you. Let us pray. God in heaven, hallowed be your name. May your reign come. Give us today tomorrow's bread. Forgive us our sins. For we too forgive everyone who sins against us. And don't let us be subjected to the test. Almighty and loving God, you lead us and guide us along our earthly pilgrimage. Make us increasingly devoted to the voice of your only begotten, that he, our shepherd, may guide us along the path you have set for us and we, focused only on him, may not be led astray by the deceit and evil of this world. Through Christ our Savior. Amen. Almighty God, we pray for our family throughout the world that you will bind us together by your Holy Spirit so that we may live in unity and love so that those who do not yet believe may know that we are your disciples. God, hear our prayer. Be with this congregation that we may be faithful disciples of Jesus Christ, love and serve our community, and faithfully proclaim the gospel by loving and accepting all your children. God, hear our prayer. Be with those who hold civil authority on the earth that they may do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly before you so that the people of all nations may dwell in safety and that the peace which only you can give may reign throughout the earth. God, hear our prayer. Be with your creation, O God, that we may be faithful stewards of this planet, taking good care of all that you have entrusted to us, so that we may glorify you in the plants and the animals and the heights and the depths that you have made. God, hear our prayer. Remember, compassionate God, those who cry out to you. Heal those who are sick. Comfort those who mourn. Dwell with those who are alone. And welcome those who have died, so that all may be assured of your ever-present love and compassion for all your children. God, hear our prayer.
At this time, I would like to invite the members of the congregation to voice their own concerns, either silently or aloud. God of compassion, hear our prayer. God of grace, who has given us this new day, give us strength throughout our busy days so that we may resist the powers of darkness and sincerely proclaim your love. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Gracious God, we thank you for all that you've done for us and for all that you're going to do for us. We thank you for our salvation in Jesus Christ and for your daily presence in our lives through the Holy Spirit. Reveal your love and faithfulness to us this day so that we may reflect your light to the world in faithful witness of your love and acceptance of your children. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. A divine law exists from the foundation of the ages, and it existed prior to the written law given from our God to Moses on Sinai. From the book of Genesis to the Apocrypha and throughout the New Testament, this law is found. This law is there to serve as a guide for humanity on how they treat each other from the basic relations to even what our economy should be like. This law is also highly stressed when it comes to the well-being of the poor and the sick. What is that law, you ask? Hmm. That law is the law of love and hospitality. Let us begin our journey with the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. This passage that was read today gives us a look into the lives of the first converts of our faith. The passage states, The believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the community, to their shared meals, and to their prayers. A sense of awe came over everyone. God performed many wonders and signs through the apostles. All the believers were united and shared everything, and they would sell pieces of property and possessions and distribute the proceeds to everyone who needed them. Every day, they met together in the temple and ate in their homes. They shared food with gladness and simplicity. They praised God and demonstrated God's goodness to everyone. The Lord added daily to the community those who were being saved. Let us take a step back and examine this passage from above. What can we gather from this passage? First, 
if you go back a few verses, you can see that about 3,000 new converts came to our faith. What did these 3,000 converts do? We see that they ate graciously together, prayed together, and devoted themselves to the apostles. They also spent much time in the temple together. What else did they do? In verses 44 through 45, the passage states, All the believers were united and shared everything. They would sell pieces of property and possessions and distribute the proceeds to everyone who needed them. So, we see that possibly 3,000 believers lived together, practiced their faith together, and practiced an economic system that, is, that assured that no one would be in need. In Acts 4, 32-37, once again we see the system being used. We see that the community of believers were one in heart and mind. The apostles continued being witnesses of the resurrection, and an abundance of grace was at work in them all. No one person claimed ownership of the possessions they had. They had all things in common, and not one person was in need. Also, in Acts 5, 12 through 16, we can see that many people would gather together to bring the sick so Peter's shadow could rest on them so they could be healed. Isn't that profound? These passages can be a hard pill to swallow because of the current system we live under today. For people to live together communally, have all things in common, and make sure the sick are being cared for is negatively called communism or socialism these days. But the followers of the way were living by a system that our God had put in place thousands of years before that ensured that all of creation would be cared for. The lives of the first converts and the apostles espoused the divine law to love their neighbors, care for the needy, and help those who were sick. They did that through having all things in common with each other. Throughout the Old Testament, we see that system instituted with the divine law that was given to Moses on Sinai. In the law, we find that the land, the sole cause of wealth, belong or belongs to our God. Through that, laws were set in place to make sure that the least of these were getting the food they needed. For example, in Leviticus 19, 9 through 10, People weren't to cut, they weren't able to cut the edges of their field or harvest all their grapes. So that way, those in need had food. In Deuteronomy 14, 28 through 29, people were to give away 10% of their produce every three years to the poor. Also, laws were even instituted to make sure that the debts were canceled every seven years 
and even forbid creditors from refusing to lend to people who needed money right before the seven-year cancellation. Our God was trying to show through these laws that love and hospitality can change the world for the better if they followed them. Through these laws, they could have seen that God cared for them and wanted them to be taken care of. Unfortunately, we know through biblical history that the people never really followed these commands, unfortunately. All through the writings of the historical texts, the major prophets and up to the minor prophets, our God is calling out to the rich and powerful for loving wealth, oppressing the poor and the sick, and not following the law that was set in place. When Jesus came along, he offered the same sentiments. He sided with the least of these, He called out those who loved wealth. For instance, with the case of the young rich ruler, Jesus Jesus showed how hard it was for those who loved wealth to take part in the kingdom of God during their lifetime. But for a wealthy person to detach themselves from their wealth or their love of wealth is not impossible. People, uh, people such as Zacchaeus and even women who gained wealth through their husbands in Herod's household, who helped pay the bills of Jesus' band of merry disciples, were wealthy people who gave up the attachment for the kingdom. Jesus taught that all wealth and creation belongs to our God. And that we must we must detach ourselves from the idols of our age because we are not of it. That even includes us separating from an unjust economic system that creates classes who are oppressed by the rich and powerful. Only through the kingdom that operates on the divine law of love and hospitality can people be freed from our unjust system. As we see, the way the new converts and apostles were living wasn't a new radical idea. That came from them understanding what the divine required of them and learning from what Christ had taught them. They were operating in a way that they could make sure that the poor and the oppressed could be taken care of and that they were in a community that loved them. They lived the epitome of the law, which Jesus said was loving our God with all our hearts and mind, and loving our neighbors as we love ourselves. The landowners in the group who sold their land to contribute to the community used it the way our God intended it to be used, to make sure that all people were being taken care of. They didn't use it to oppress others. They used the proceeds from it to bless others. I believe that Acts 2 shows us what we were meant to be as a faith community. 
they bonded together in the faith. And they went out and blessed their communities through them living a life built on a system that was ordained by our God thousands of years ago. A system that can build a new world based on love and equality. We are a small church who was spread out all across the country from the East Coast to the West Coast. But we can still make significant impacts in our communities for those who are in need. Are there ways you can serve in your communities to take the church out into the world like the church did in Acts 2? Do you have clothes that you can donate to the homeless or families in need? How about starting or joining a community garden that blesses family during the harvest season? What about working with mutual aid organizations that is there for people when they need them? Let the divine law of love and hospitality and the Holy Spirit guide you as you take part in the kingdom. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, you've promised to be present where two or more are gathered together in the name of Jesus, and that all we ask in his name will be answered. You have heard and we trust you shall answer. Give us grace to accept the answer you give and send us out into the world in peace to love and serve you to the glory of your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. My friends, may the grace of our Savior Jesus Christ and the love of God and the friendship of the Holy Spirit be with us all, now and forever. Thanks be to God.